Hey, it's Manoush, host of New Tech City. You're going to get something a little different from us today. Two stories about trying to figure out how tech is changing the way you can communicate with the people around you. Not your friends, your family, or even your co-workers, but your neighbors. That's me. I've been living on this block 31 years, on this block, around the corner, the rest of my life, you know? In a minute, we're going to hit the Appalachian Trail. But first, let's go back to Brooklyn. The woman you just heard is my neighbor, Joe. So that's all I ever did was sit on the stoop with the kids. Joe spends a lot of her time on the stoop of her apartment building, sitting in her green canvas folding chair, smoking cigarettes, and keeping tabs on our block in Brooklyn. I have absolutely no idea what Joe does for a living. We aren't Facebook friends or LinkedIn. But I do know that her daughter's home in Staten Island was flooded by Sandy and that when he was little, her son Jeffrey was very late to potty training. I've been thinking about Joe because the city of New York wants me to be in touch with her and all the rest of my neighbors online, too. In June, Mayor Bloomberg announced a partnership between New York and a service called Nextdoor. We noticed that there was no social network to help us stay in touch with the people who are literally right outside our front doors, our neighbors. Nirav Tolia is Nextdoor's CEO and helped found the site three years ago. It's basically Facebook for neighborhoods, but with more of a local and utilitarian bent. One way to think about it is, if you do have a dog and you lose the dog, what do you do? You print out a bunch of flyers and you start putting them up on telephone poles. That's very, very, very inefficient. It would be much better if you had a picture of your dog, you attached it to a message on Nextdoor, and in just a few minutes you could get the word out to everyone in the neighborhood. The company is based in San Francisco, and since going live in 2011, it says more than 17,000 neighborhood websites have been launched. These are private neighborhood websites just for your specific neighborhood where you know that the other people you're communicating with are your actual neighbors. It's unclear how Nextdoor is going to make money. It doesn't have ads, and cities don't pay to use it. Okay, so I'm going to check next door out for myself. I am going online, and I am now officially the fourth member of the Carol Hoyt Nextdoor website, and I'm going to take the service up on its offer to send postcards, real ones, to 10 of my neighbors and invite them to sign up too. Okay, other than a couple of messages from the city about heat advisories, there's not much to see yet. So I asked Nextdoor to put me in touch with someone in another city who's really into using the service so that I can better understand what exactly is on offer. Meet Mindy Rice in Cincinnati. I grew up here and I have never lived anywhere else. We live in a small community here in Cincinnati called Clifton. We actually live in the house that my husband grew up in. And you're describing that and it kind of makes me wonder why a service like Nextdoor would be of any use to you because you probably know your neighbors pretty well. Well, you know, you would think so, but at first I decided to become a member so that I would get to know my neighbors better, whether we needed a referral for landscaping or we needed to borrow something or even for crime alerts or lost pets. Well, then a few months into it, we noticed that people were starting subgroups and they were creating book clubs, a cycling club, a conversation salon. So it was also helping people to physically meet up. I think people do want to connect, but everybody's just busy. Mm. And this just gave kind of an outlet for people to express a desire to get together online and see how their neighbors would respond. And fortunately, Clifton responded very well to it. 
Huh, okay. Well, I got to say, my Brooklyn neighborhood does not sound like Clifton. We have Italian immigrant families, lots of public housing, all mixed in with hipsters and yuppies. At this point, I check back in on my Nextdoor website. One more person has signed up. I get an email warning me that there's only a few days left to get the 10 members needed, a minion in Nextdoor terms, to be legit. No one has responded to any of my invitations. How can I get people to join other than being weird and stalking them? Every time I would go to a stoop sale with kids stuff, you have families, you want me to sign you up. My neighbor downstairs had 40 members of her mommy group, and she signed those people up, and they signed their friends up. This woman knows. Susan Fox is the founder of one of the biggest online communities in Brooklyn, Park Slope Parents. Eleven years ago, she was a new mom and appalled at all the baby junk, like bouncy seats and toys, that she saw being put out with the trash. So she initially launched the site to get parents recycling. It takes a while. We have 5,000 active members. But we started very slowly. Now the site has dozens of subgroups, helps parents with career networking, gives advice on what to pay your nanny. I ask her how Nextdoor can possibly gain ground around here. People are busy. They have other resources. There's the Civic Park Slope Civic Council. There's Park Slope Parents. Is there a motivation for Bob down at 444 12th Street to say, I want to join this community? And there's some reward for people to be a part of this. You are reaching people at a very crucial moment in their lives when they are open and they need something. They've just become parents. They are vulnerable. But what strikes me with next door is there's no sort of impetus. It almost needs like another sort of disaster for people to think that they need it, God forbid. If we would have had next door during Hurricane Sandy, would it have been an easier vehicle to get all this information out? And my guess is yes. After interviewing Susan, I check, again, to see if anyone else has signed up. One more person. I keep thinking about what Nirov told me. The research shows that if you use an online mechanism to connect with your neighbors, you're 70% more likely to communicate with those neighbors in person. Meanwhile, my husband makes friends with the father of two across the street, who volunteers to help try and get our old refrigerator out the front door. Unsuccessfully, I might add. I go back to Joe, the unofficial mayor of my street. Would she sign up for next door? I probably would if I was a computer person, but I'm always outside. Right. I'm never on the computer. Okay, last update. The pilot period on my next door website has been extended in the hopes of getting more people to sign up. But maybe I should just chill out. The service has only been available in New York since June, after all. But I should add that it was Joe who told me about the laptop that was stolen out of the window of the restaurant down the street. And she was the one that recommended I check out the new playground at Brooklyn Bridge Park. Thanks, Joe. You're welcome. Ready, J-Cam! Where's the Okay, so hopefully you listened and watched our awesome extra video podcast this week. It's all about this summer camp in rural Pennsylvania that ran an interesting experiment with its campers and technology. If you haven't seen it, take a look. These are some seriously thoughtful teenagers. And I would love to know if you think what this camp did is amazing or just kind of sad. Okay, but meanwhile... 
Back here in Audioland, we want to take you on a little vacation. Onto the trail, the Appalachian Trail, with WNYC's Amy Pearl. Sit back, relax, but don't think you're getting away from it all. Life out hiking has changed. In August, life is supposed to slow down. But in the city, it's really annoying. It's super noisy. It's hot. It's smelly. And everyone wants to get together. Just got your email about dinner tonight. and uh... They're calling you, texting you. Calling to remind. Amy, of an appointment. Amy, oh. it's mom. It's four o'clock. I'm nervous. Where are you? So I thought, why not get away from it all? Go into the woods and hike for a couple of days on the Appalachian Trail. Bring my dog. Totally unplugged. Almost. You ready to go? Oh, I'm ready. Kelly, you gonna hold the boom? Oh. <laughs> Pretty cute. Yeah. Thanks for the math. Oh, enjoy it. Alright, let's go. The Appalachian Trail passes through some of the most densely populated areas in the U.S. It dips down into towns and crosses roads. And I was joining up with it in Pauling, New York. In point four miles, turn right on Road 22. Well, this looks like it. Let's get our stuff together. Don't cry, honey. I could see across the road the big white blaze marking the trail, and we started walking. I think I left my cell phone in the car. There it is. Don't want to forget this. Need my phone. I hadn't gone out on a hike like this for a couple of years, and it felt good to get back on the trail, under the trees. I knew I'd run into other hikers, and I wondered, how do they deal with it? The demands of always being connected while trying to get away from it all. I could still hear the road when I ran into a group of thru-hikers. Those are people attempting to hike the whole length of the Appalachian Trail, from Springer Mountain, Georgia, to Katahdin, Maine. usually takes about six months. These were northbounders, so they'd probably been walking since sometime in March or April. And every single one of them had their cell phone, including Smiley. That's not his real name, by the way. That's a trail name. We don't generally use our real names out here. It's sort of a different persona, I guess. I'm Argo. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. I do a lot of Facebook, a lot of blogging, and I really think it helps people connect back home to know what I'm doing, to know that I'm safe. And Jayhawk actually upgraded to an iPhone on the trail. It's an iPhone. My first phone broke. So I had to get a new one, and I had to upgrade, and this was like 99 cents, so. I think almost everybody I've met has a, their cell phone. So are you on the trail to get away from that kind of thing, or? Not really. Blogging, photo editing, buying phones, this was a bit of a culture shock. you got to remember, these hikers had traveled almost 1,500 miles on foot to get here, sleeping out, carrying everything they needed on their backs. Yet, they seemed really comfortable having technology in the mix. I mean, a lot of people, when they go for a shorter hike, they just turn off their phones uh, or they leave it in their car. I met Buttercup from Seattle. But I think for such a long hike, I mean, my family would be worried about me. Down south, hikers can go for days without a signal. But up here in the north, cell service is pretty good. And all the through hikers I met had their cell phones. And they all used them to stay connected. 
Brown Town, Nutella, Red Specs, Crank. The trail is crowded. After all, the trail may be just about 2,200 miles long, but it's only like two and a half, three feet wide. So that's St. Croix. He's a heavy fabrication welder back home in the real world. People call it the real world, but that ain't the real world. That's just the other world. My phone, I like. I actually use it to contact other hikers on the trail, find out where they're at. If it wasn't for the people out here on the trail that you meet every day, it'd just be a long walk somewhere. A couple of hours later, laying in my tent listening to the night sounds, my dog started growling. I thought of something Nutella said to me earlier in the day. I have a smartphone, Galaxy S3. Sometimes when I'm sleeping in my tent alone, I keep it by me. It makes me feel safe. <laughs> but it's kind of a false security because I don't really get signal a lot of times. But it does make me feel safer. <laughs> Getting a really strong signal and um, thinking about calling my mom, actually. But before I could even dial... Hello? Hi. Hi, Mom. How come it took you so long to answer? I'm sorry. <laughs> what did you have for dinner? Oh, it wasn't good, Amy. I had expensive tuna that I bought at Stu's. Even though I, I was out here in the woods, listening to my mom go on about her dinner, I, I felt like I was sitting on my couch back in Brooklyn. Amy, I kept thinking I saw worms in it. <laughs> so I just had zucchini and dove bars. And I wasn't afraid anymore. Near Pauling, New York, the Appalachian Trail crosses the train tracks of the Metro North Harlem line. There's a roofed information shed showing trail maps, local flyers. I found brain damage and Big Spoon here, sheltering from the rain, and we talked about getting away from it all over the sounds of traffic from nearby Route 22. Uh, I'm brain damage. I'm Big Spoon. And I have my cell phone because, like... Yeah, I had not I'd even planned on bringing a cell phone, but... I didn't I mean, you definitely want to call your family, like, yeah. you want to stay in touch. My parents are kind of... Or my mom is a huge worrier, so she um, has a spot device for my dad, one of those, like, GPS locators, and so she, like, forced me to take it on the trail, and I, I just left it at home because I wasn't using it. We're so close to roads every day. We're so close to town. I always have cell phone service. Like, Especially here in the north. I'm not trying to experience the wilderness. Like, that's not why I'm here. Like, I know what the wilderness is like. It's not this, so. But, like, when you're by yourself, I mean, it's definitely, like, compared to Into the Wild, where it says, like, happiness isn't real, like, unless it's shared kind of deal. He says that, and, like, it's so true. So far, most of the hikers I had met were in their 20s. Getting away from it all wasn't part of their plan. Maybe it was a generational thing. My trail name is Four Trees. I am 67. Well, my trail name is Sticks. And how old and are I'm you? 65. Baby. Yeah, I'm a baby. <laughs> we're pretty old out here. <laughs> there aren't many people that are... We haven't uh, met anybody older than us yet. We've met a couple near our age, but we haven't met anybody older this year. We're the oldest ones trekking along so far. Sticks and four trees were hiking the trail in sections, doing a little bit each year. This year, they plan to go from Pennsylvania to New Hampshire. In Virginia, we're at, and I don't know whether you say it, McAfee or McAfee Ledge. It's the most picturesque ledge on the AT. 
I get up there, and they're all sitting there texting their friends. And I'm thinking, okay, I just don't get it. I would just sit, as I did, and just look at the valley. And they're all on their iPhones. So I thought, okay, I'm a different generation. I just am. I have a cell phone and a mini. And the mini we use to text back and forth with our spouses. Um, we also download some movies, so on a rainy night when there's nothing else going on, we can watch a movie in the tent. So out here, I, I probably use the Mini and the iPhone more than I would at home. Now it was really starting to rain. And even though, according to my phone, it wasn't even 5 o'clock, my dog and I started looking for a place to pull off the trail, set up the tent, and dry off. I also saw I had a voicemail from my mom, and I should probably call her back. Was all this technology a problem? can't be a problem. It's life, and that's just the way things are, and you're not going to change it. So you'll just learn to adapt. You know, things change all the time. When Benton Mackay suggested the creation of the Appalachian Trail back in 1921, he wrote, Life for two weeks on the mountaintop would show up many things about life during the other 50 weeks down below. So, on my second night getting back to nature in the woods on West Mountain above Pauling, New York, listening to the rain on the tent, I snuggled up in my sleeping bag with my dog, leaned back against my pack, and watched a movie on my iPhone until my battery ran out. For WNYC, I'm Amy Pearl. Check out photos of all the people that Amy talked to on her epic hike, including Brain Damage and Big Spoon, at NewTechCity.org. And if you made it this far on the podcast, well, you are awesome. And we would be so psyched if you went to iTunes and rated us. It makes all the difference in getting the word out. I'm Anoush. This was New Tech City, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>